so good. Why don't we stand to our feet today? Um, I have the honour and privilege of welcoming the man of God to share the word. We have our pastor, our senior pastor, Pastor Jason Smith coming to share the word. Why don't we welcome him this morning? Thank you, Pastor Jason. Well, let's pray, shall we? And uh, commit a service to God. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for a great time. We give it to you, God, to be part of it. Every part of our service, God, every, every moment, Lord God, that it could be one word, it could be one encouragement, it could be one, Lord, verse of a song, Father God, whatever it is, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would touch and minister and encourage us along the way. Have your way. In Jesus' name, we all said, Amen. Hey, can I just say before I start this, um, again, welcome to Kathy and Laurie Scarcells from now. Because the way these guys, these guys that Joel mentioned, and this is a great couple, and uh, just make sure you connect with them. Uh, well, I'm determined every time I come up here is to bring somebody with me, and um, and uh, as much as I can. So I'm going to get just work around the core of our church and, and just bring people with me. And and um, Michelle, my wife, says hello. She's preaching and working hard right now in Nara, and uh, so I got her working tonight today. But we'll hopefully Pastor Timothy and Sheree get her to come up here at some point and preach this year in uh, up here in Macarthur, and uh, our our C Church now family's going fantastic. Had a great start to the year. It's just been, it's just been such a good feel. Uh, we've gone to a, a one service in the morning, 9.30 and a 5.30 at night, and it's just been like pumping. Um, incredible, incredible time. And Sea uh, Church Batemans Bay is also going really well as well. They, they as you know, transitioned last year, our newest, uh, our newest church in our family, and, uh, and they're just doing a great job, Pastor Cameron and, and Shelley. Just really, really good. It's been growing. They've been seeing more people come, even in the midst of this you know, COVID uh, season, they've been seeing so many more people come. So, and City Church MacArthur, the, the absolute center of City Church, right? The absolute best church out of all the churches, right? Is that right? Don't say anything at home, Kathy and Laurie, because it's between us. And, um, and uh, but, but you guys, honestly, we, we just brag about you all the time. I've already organized a manual to take some photos today so I can go back next Sunday and brag about City Church MacArthur and City Church Nara. Uh, we love it. And so well done, Timothy and Cherie. Thank you for uh, all the work that you do in the heart for the kingdom and investing into the people. Aren't they great, great pastors, Timothy and Cherie? We love them. Appreciate them. Just going so well. Good to see Joel and Colleen rising up and doing great things. And uh, Stephen Sandy, elders of our church as well, doing a great work and supporting. And so many other great people. I could go and name you all, but I won't do that because I've got to get preaching. And, uh, but let's get into the Word of God, shall we? And so we started this year with a heart for forever Jesus. About um, October, November last year, I think it was about October, I was praying to God and I really felt that we wanted to move forward as a church, as city church of all of our churches with a heart and focus on Jesus. After all that had happened in the, in the previous 12 months with the pandemic and so forth, it showed me as a pastor that many people had been shaken. Some people had gone stronger. Some people had really been challenged when it came to church life. We can't build our life on any other foundation but Jesus Christ. We can't be linked and attached to any other anchor but Jesus Christ. Because if your anchor when it comes to church life is to do with a social faith, then that would have been a challenge when we had no church for a season. Or maybe your, your faith is a serving faith where you come and you find your identity through what you do. Well, that's also a wrong foundation. Our foundation must be in Jesus and Jesus alone. He is our foundation. And so when I was praying to God in October last year, I felt God 
put in my heart and my prayer time, right in the middle of our, of our, our prayer, our, our, our church auditorium, forever Jesus came alive in my spirit. And so I'm talking to Timothy and Cherie, um, our other locations, Cam and Shelly, and we're just talking about, hey, let's, let's get forever Jesus as the focus for this year. And I think it's probably the focus for the rest of our lives, right? And into eternity. And, uh, but let's get Jesus right back there. And not that he ever, ever wasn't, but let's just make it really intentional that he is our focus. So as City Church, our whole heart is to multiply authentic Christians who are anchored in Christ. Anchored in Jesus Christ. And the scripture that, that we came up with was uh, Hebrews 13 verse 8. We all know this one. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever. I know in the, in the first Sunday of the year, your pastors read out the blessing that we handed out and, uh, and spoke it over your life. And, and I'm going to touch base on that a little bit today and, uh, and, and share some things that's been on my heart that I want to speak into you as City Church MacArthur. Why do we need to change? The reason why you and I need to change, even if we like it or not, is because you and I have not yet reached perfection. Incredible, isn't it? Amazing. You're really close, but not quite there yet. And so we've got to change. The Bible talks about going from glory to glory. From, you know, we, we grow from strength to strength. And why does then Jesus not have to change? Pretty obvious, because he's already reached perfection. And so he doesn't have to change because he's already perfect. And it's not about uh, changing you know, um, because we are not happy with who God has made us to be. It is changing to be the best version of ourselves that God has created us to be. And so the reason why we anchor ourselves to Jesus is because it never changed. If you had a boat and you anchored it, the boat to something that was always moving with the tides and always changing, it would be useless. But if you anchored your, your boat to a dock that no matter what tides come and go, that remains the same. It remains anchored in that dock. Then you can, no matter what tides come and go, you're anchored to Jesus. No matter what happens in COVID or beyond, you're anchored to, to Jesus who never changes. And you can go up and down and with the tide, and, 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 but you've got to keep that anchor secure to Jesus. Really important. And so we all know that we live in a world that's constantly changing. Wearing masks to church. We're, we're blessed just to have church, right? As annoying as, it, as that may be, it's only for a season and it won't be forever. And I love people that are passionate and come to church in spite of these things. I was talking to a, a member of our church in City Church, Nara, just last week. I hadn't seen them for, for quite a while at church, and I saw them during the week. And I was talking to them, and, 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 and they said, oh, sorry, Pastor Jason, I haven't been at church. I just get so frustrated, they said to me, because all these restrictions and, and all these things, I feel like it's coming from the devil. So they told me, right? So I feel like that the devil's making us do church the way we don't want to do it. And I feel really angry about it. I said, well, you know what? Uh, I don't know about all that, but I know this, that if you don't come to the church because of those things, then the devil's winning. And she said to me, oh, yeah, I never thought about it like that. And she came to church last Sunday for the first time in months. <laughs> and, and, but it's, it's just that idea of, of we sometimes get caught up with things, with ideals and we, we actually rob ourselves when we think we're actually being, you know, we're standing against something. We're actually falling into the trap of something. So remember this, that Jesus is your anchor. I commend you for coming to church. I commend you for continuing in the faith. I commend you for getting to connect group. I commend you for serving in the house of God and continuing and doing those things. It's a great thing. But you must be anchored to Jesus more than anything else. So what has been carrying you the last 12 months? You know that verse, 
Hebrews 13 verse 8. The very next verse in Hebrews 13 verse 9 says, Do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines. So it says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Straight away it says, do not be carried about by various and strange doctrines. What's been carrying you the last 12 months? What have you been carried? Have you been carried by God, carried by Jesus? Or have you been allowing yourself to get caught up with the media or, or what's happened on social media or what's happened with friends or whether it be frustrations or fears or concerns, whatever, what has been carrying you? Not just doctrinal things, but maybe even worldly things that has carried you about. And when you anchor yourself in Jesus, you'll find you're able to be stable, strong and secure, irrespective of what's happening in the tide around you. Welcome, Pastor Benny from Tongara. Good to see you, mate. My mate, my good friend, and uh, good to see you. I can't believe you're not back in Tonga yet. He's been here for how long now? For 12 months, 14 months, something like that. And uh, fantastic. Good to have you here, mate. And uh, we, Tonga's one of the areas we love to support as City Church, and, and uh, so it's just good to have you here. So this world is full of various strange belief systems that are actually contrary to the Word of God. Walk in wisdom, yes, but don't lose your faith. The opinions of people, the media will go up and down. If you, get, if you allow yourself to stay in what the media says, you'll be up and down like a yo-yo your whole life. You've got to have an anchor. You, it's okay to listen, to hear, and ask God for discernment, but your anchor must be in Jesus. Your marriage will struggle if you're focusing on the emotion of what your partner does or what someone else does. But if you're anchored in Jesus, then no matter what happens around you, even though sometimes it can be up and down, but you're anchored and you're not going to move anywhere. You're secure. You're not going to get drifted off to sea. So this year, make room for Jesus. We talked about in the blessing to make Jesus your yesterday anchor, your today anchor, and your forever anchor. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we shared a couple of blessings over those things. Over in Nara, we've been focusing and just breaking that down over the last couple of weeks. And I want to give you a snippet of a couple of things today about that. Uh, the first one is make Jesus your yesterday anchor. What does that mean? The part of the blessing that we gave out to you on the first Sunday of January says, in this year, we speak health, healing and wholeness into your body, soul, and spirit as you fully trust in Jesus. Any burdens, hurts, insecurities, or sicknesses that tried to hold you down in previous years will this year turn into triumphant testimonies. Glorifying the power of Jesus at work in your life, painful wounds from yesterday will heal and the scars will remind you of the grace and the goodness of God as you move forward this year with joy and strength firmly anchored in Christ. And Psalms 55 verse 22 says, Cast your burdens on the Lord, and He shall sustain you. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved, to be unmoved, to be strong. You don't have to be a superhero to be strong and unmoved. You just got to know who to anchor yourself to. You don't actually have to be strong. In fact, the Bible talks about, let the weak say, I am strong. You can be the weakest person in the room and be the most strongest person because you anchored yourself to the strongest man there's not a strong man greater than Jesus and so it says in 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17 therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation all things have passed away behold all things have become new so in the natural the life that we live 
um, yesterday is the foundation that we build upon today. Many leadership books talk about this, right? You may have, if you've ever, ever read a leadership book or went to a leadership seminar, it's a very common and, and a truthful statement. You know, your today is the result of what you did yesterday, right? Tomorrow is the result of what you're going to build today and from yesterday and, and so forth and so on. And, uh, and the way of, for example, the way we've handled our health, the way we've handled our finances, the way we've handled our relationships in the past, we are living the result of that today, right? And so we have an opportunity to make tomorrow even better by what we choose to do today. However, there's one thing that was done in the past that has the potential to affect our present and our future far greater than anything else. And it wasn't even anything else, that you, anything at all that you have done yourself. It was what Jesus did for you and what He did for me before any of us were ever born. When He died on the cross and rose again from the dead, that moment in the past is the most impacting moment for any of our presence. When He died on the cross, it was an absolute game changer. And, and, and we know this, right? But let's remind ourselves all year long this year about Jesus. Let's, let's stir each other up for good works. Let's encourage each other. When we get caught up and we, we allow ourselves to get detached from Jesus for whatever reason, busyness or stress or bills or challenges in our, in our family, our home, at work, whatever it is, let ourselves come back and anchor ourselves again to Jesus. You see, what this means is this. When Jesus rose up from the dead, He rose up in fresh life. And so He changed the trajectory of our lives by what He did thousands of years ago. Incredible. Many Christians proclaim that they know this and their life and their words and their actions say the opposite. <laughs> That's a challenge. You can know it here, but you've got to know it by the way you live. The temptation is to only build your life on what you have done or what you have not done in your past, rather than building your life on what Jesus has done for you. I want you to hear that. Because we often do that. Well, and I talked about that before. I'm a product of my past. And in essence, in the natural, there's an element of truth to that. But we stop there. I'm, an, I'm a product of what I've done. I've made mistakes in the past. And now I'm reaping I'm reaping the benefit, I'm reaping the cost of that. Or I've, I've, I've worked hard. I've, I'm a self-made person. And now I'm reaping the benefit of that, what I've done, you know. And so pride can come or, you know, uh, insecurity can come, uh, you know, uh, condemnation can come. All these things can come in our present because of everything that we, we focused. And can, can I be honest and straight with you this morning? That's called self-centeredness. And we don't build our life on self-centeredness. We build ourself, our life on God-centeredness. Jesus and what He has done in the past. Let me say that, that, that phrase again before. The temptation is to only build your life on what you have done or what you have not done in your past, rather than building your life on what Jesus has done for you. Just have a think about that for a moment. What would change in your life if you really started to build your life on what Jesus has done for you more than what you have done or not done? And that is why many people struggle in their present life. They only live in their lives from their own self-built foundations. I'm just, I'm really an ordinary bloke if I put Jesus out of the picture. You know, and yet with Jesus, you and I, nothing is impossible. We can do extraordinary things, amazing things. 
The call of God is upon your life if you put Jesus first. You are a new creation. A couple of thoughts about that verse in, in, uh, in, uh, in, one, in 2 Corinthians 5.17. You are a new creation. And so to be a new creation is a couple of things you've got to do about yesterday. When you understand the full revelation of a new creation in Christ, it makes you look at the past with a completely different perspective. You've got to learn to forgive others for yesterday. For Jesus to be your yesterday anchor, forgive others for what happened yesterday. Easy to say, right, for me to say that on the, on the microphone, the platform. But some of you are thinking, Jason, you have no idea what I have to forgive someone of or who I have to forgive. And you're probably correct. I have no idea. But God knows everything. And, 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 we're, and no, we're not here to compare wounds, but we're here to say Jesus is the healer of all wounds. Ephesians 6.12 says, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. And so a lot of Christians just waste energy fighting the wrong enemy. We don't wrestle against people. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against powers and the rules of darkness of this age and, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness. Stop wasting energy focusing on that past relationship that's pulling you down. Stop wasting energy focusing on, on that issue that happened when you, were, when you were very, very young. Don't focus on it because that's pulling you down. You're fighting the wrong enemy. You just want them to suffer because of what they've done to you or what they did to your family member or did to in your workplace or your ex-boss or old church pastor or whatever it is, whoever it is. So the enemy will try to distract your faith and love for Jesus by making people the enemy so he gets out of the firing line. It's like he's a, he's a puppeteer playing people like a puppet. And we think that we're, we're righteous and we're, we're, we're victims and, we're, and he's just playing us like a puppet. Christians, they just, they mean well. They're just really bad shots sometimes. They, they aim for the devil and hit people. And we've just got to be able to focus on that it's actually the enemy. So what, what, what are we fighting? Because if we're fighting the, the principalities and powers, what, are we, what is our actual fight? Because it talks about fighting. What do we fight as Christians? We don't fight the fight of salvation. The fight of salvation has already been won. Thank you, Jesus. We are saved, amen, because of what He's done. All we have to do is believe in it, and there's the fight. The Bible calls it the fight of faith. Our fight is in our faith. We fight for our faith. We fight for the faith of our nation. We fight for the faith of our family. We fight for the faith of ourselves first. Now we would believe that everything the Bible says is true. We're not trying to get saved and trying to get righteous and trying to get holy. You are saved, you are righteous, and you are holy. We don't fight for the victory in those areas. We fight from the victory in those areas. But where we do fight is the fight of faith. And the Bible talks about the armor of God, but it talks about, in that, in that passage of the armor of God, it talks about the fight of faith. And so that's our fight. So first of all, get the right focus on who you're fighting against, who is the principalities and the powers, and then get the what right. The what is the fight of faith. And that's it. That's all you have to fight in your life. That's it. Isn't that easy? So we're binding this and loosing that and changing this and, and stopping that and cursing him and, and getting hold of her and, and putting this big post on Facebook about what this person done wrong to us and all these things. 
and getting distracted. The devil's going with a puppeteer going, <laughs> you know. He's such an idiot. The devil really is, you know. And, and, and I'm sure God won't mind me saying that because he is. Absolute jerk. And, 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 and oh, I can't stand how he manipulates people. Because when you know who you are in Christ, and when he knows that you know who you are in Christ, it's a whole game changer. Everything changes. Because the church is the sleeping giant. You are a sleeping giant because Christ, when you anchor yourself to Christ, you anchor yourself to the one who has all authority in heaven and on earth. Amen. All authority. Not a little bit. Jason, don't call the devil a jerk. But he is a jerk. He's a big jerk. And there's no fear in that because he's been defeated. I don't have to defeat someone who's already been defeated. He's been defeated. It's like you have a game of basketball, which is the greatest game on planet Earth, of course. And, and not, not fo- football or soccer. And, <laughs> well, I'm in soccer territory. I've got to be careful. And, uh, but, but you play a game of whatever, and, and then you win the game, and the full-time whistle's gone. And then they're trying to say, and they're still trying to play the game. You've won. Just accept that you've won. Accept that you've lost, devil. Accept that you've won, church. And walk in it. God knows it. Get a clue, church. You've won. He's, he's, done, the, he's done the work already, right? Amen. <laughs> okay. All right. Forgive others for yesterday. The second thing is to forgive yourself for yesterday. Forgive yourself. Apostle Paul was a great example of this, right? He persecuted the church, and one day he had to lead the church. The very men and women he was killing, he was trying to save and help and develop. That's what you call an opportunity for condemnation to rise up as a Christian. And so forgive others, forgive yourself. Let Jesus be your yesterday anchor. Forgive others. You are a new creation. Old things have passed away. You can't put new wine into old wineskins. It says in Luke 5, verse 37. You can't put new wine into old wineskins. What does that mean? I, I see it like this. The, the wine represents our spirit. The wineskin represents our soul. So you can't put new spiritual passion into, into old soul thinking and emotions and your will. Those areas of the soul have to be renewed continuously. God, I surrender my will. God, I give you my emotions. Lord, wash my mind with the water of the word. Allow myself to become cleansed so my wineskin, my soul, can carry what my spirit wants to give me, the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, if you don't renew your mind, your will, your emotions, your soul area, that's the wineskin. When the wine comes, it can't hold it and it spills out. So when you come to church and we have revival in this place and the Spirit of God comes and connect group and the power of God comes and Pastor Timothy or Pastor Street is speaking the Word of God, that's just the power of God. You go, you know, and, uh, and it's hitting you like the hand of God. You can get all excited in the moment, but by the time you go home and leave, suddenly the wine starts to spill out. It starts to leak a little bit because your old wine skin is still there in the soul area. And you haven't dealt with those things. Surrender your will. Your mind, your will, your emotions is your soul area. Surrender your will. Surrender your mind and surrender your emotions. Don't be led by your emotions. Don't be led by your mind. Don't be led by your will. Surrender them all and be led by Jesus. And in that place, you'll find that you'll get a new wineskin when the wine comes, when the spiritual things come, when the passions come. You'll hold that and you will rise and grow. Amen.
all things have become new. All things. It's not just, it's not only possible, but it's God's heart that all things become new in your life. Everything that was once stale can become fresh when Jesus is your anchor. I'll, I'll skip a couple of verses, guys, because I've got a few to get through. I'm going to continue on. But Colossians 2, 6 and 10, you can read that in your own time because Jesus is right there with us. Amen. So Jesus is your yesterday anchor. And number two was this, make Jesus your today anchor, all right? This year, the, the, the blessing was this. This year, we speak strength, life, joy, and great contentment in your daily journey through any tasks and commitment that lay before you as you fully trust in Jesus. We pray that God's enabling power will continue to be infused into every part of your life and relationships as you surrender to Christ any unnecessary stresses or worries and walk with confidence in the grace that He has given you as you are, as you are intentional about placing Jesus at the center of your focus and the anchor of your everyday life, He will willingly carry the burdens that you used to take responsibility for to free you up to experience the most productive and fulfilling year of your life. What these blessings are is an opportunity for us as pastors to speak over your life. It's our prayer for you, basically. It's us speaking prayers over you, a blessing over you. The Scripture with that we shared Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So for Jesus to be your today anchor, you need to rest in His powerful peace every single day. My focus on this area of the blessing is to, Take away the unnecessary daily stresses that you carry. Your stresses in your workplace, in the school life, in your home life, in, in church life, whatever area you can carry stress. You're not meant to carry a lot of things that you carry. No matter how many storms or tidal surges confront you in 2021, learn to anchor yourself daily to a much higher peace found in Jesus. A much higher peace. Amen. Jesus is your today anchor. He's your today anchor in your workplace. He's your today anchor in your school. He's your today anchor in your marriage. He's your today anchor in your church, in your family. He's your today anchor in every area of your life. So how can we continue to, be, to keep the peace of God with us every day through every storm that confronts us? Philippians 4, from verse 4 to 8, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, whatever things are a good report, if there's anything, any virtue, anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And so, the peace of God will guard both your heart and your mind through the power and authority of Jesus. Do you know that this kind of peace is it's not a phony peace? It's not a temporary peace. It's an eternal peace from an eternal God. It's only available through Jesus Christ. There's nowhere else you can find this kind of peace. This kind of peace goes beyond the natural understanding of the ordinary human mind. It passes the understanding. It's a kind of God-given peace that, not, that is not found in circumstances or situations or luck. It's a kind of peace that's found in Christ. 
The stronger the storm around you, the more this peace comes to the forefront. The stronger the challenges, the stronger the chaotic circumstances, the more this peace is seen by others as they look to you. They see something in your life. Why aren't you freaking out right now? Honestly, you should be freaking out right now. I don't know. I, think, I just feel like Jesus has got it in hand. Look, I'm, I've got some things happening. I'm not, I'm not just ignoring the situation. But I don't feel like I have to overly stress about this because God is my God. He's looking after things. So how do they keep the peace of God? He, he, he's, he's the Prince of Peace, right? He's known as, he was prophesied in the Old Testament as the Prince of Peace. So how do we keep the peace of God with us every day? Well, a couple of things. First of all, continually find your joy in Jesus. Because it goes, as it leads up to Philippians 4 verse 7 about the peace of God, the past understanding. In Philippians 4 verse 4, we read before, it says, Rejoice in the Lord, and again I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Find your joy in God every day. Find your joy, irrespective of your circumstances. Because where you find joy, peace will follow. Where you find joy, strength will follow. And in that place, you'll, you'll find that strength. You'll find that peace. When was the last time you had a good laugh in church? When was the last time you had a good laugh in your marriage? When was the last time you had a good laugh at work? Just, just enjoyed life, had joy and peace come in your spirit. Second thought is live with a gentle strength. Verse 5, Philippians 4 let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Gentleness and weakness are opposites, not the same thing. Oftentimes, gentleness is actually the strongest person in the room is the most gentle person in the room. Reacting and being loud, you know, because it's actually a weakness in character. But a strong person can be gentle and they can connect with someone. When the, when the walls come down, uh, come down through genuine gentleness shown by you, other people will open up. You want to share peace to others be gentle. It gives room and it gives space for the Lord to work. Release, uh, C is release stress through prayer and thanksgiving. Goes on, verse 6, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. Let your request be made known to God. Become really good at releasing unhealthy stress and worry. Learn to release it all the time. What are you struggling with right now? Release that to God. I give it to you, God. I place it into your hands. Thanksgiving takes the focus of the negatives and focuses on the positives, on who Jesus is. It will help you. And then continue to focus on good things, this D, which goes on in verse four, uh, 8 of Philippians 4. Everything noble, just, pure, so forth. So focus on good things. Don't focus on negative things. Really important, all right? So Jesus is our yesterday anchor. He's our today anchor. And the last point today is Jesus is our forever anchor. Make Jesus your forever anchor. The blessing is this. This year we speak heaven's purpose for your life to be reignited deep within your heart and the great refreshing of vision, dreams and hope for your future to come alive within you as you fully trust in Jesus. As you see the wonder and the power of Christ working mightily in your yesterday and in your today, you will rise up with great faith in what God will do in your tomorrow. Your firmly anchored faith in Jesus will strengthen your resolve in the tough times and fill you with unshakable joy and consistency through all circumstances. Your testimony to others will hold more influence as the authentic nature of your faith in God will be undeniable to all who come across your path this year. It says in the last part of the Lord's Prayer, for yours is the kingdom, Matthew 6.13, yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever, amen. And so forever, your kingdom forever. 
Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So we find a forever Jesus focus in the Scripture over and over again, an eternal focus in Jesus. God is a triune being. He's a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, and He's in perfect relationship with Himself. The love, what I love about God is that He doesn't just promote His own part of Himself, but when Jesus came, He's always talking about the Father. Our Father who art in heaven. Come to the Father. He's always talking about the Father, promoting the Father. And then Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit. When He comes, He's going to promote the Son. In John 16, verse 13 to 15, Jesus says, When the Spirit of truth has come, He will guide you in all truth. He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. He will glorify Me. He will take what is mine and declare it to you. All things the Father, all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said to you that that He will take of mine and declare it to you. So He talks about the Holy Spirit promoting Jesus. Can I just say this thought? And I'm going to be finished in a moment. But can I just say this thought? Is oftentimes I was I was born Pentecostal. Just I think I almost spoke in tongues before I spoke in English. Like I I was this, my dad was a Pentecostal preacher pastor. Uh, he's with Jesus now, and and uh, and, and I, I grew up, and, and and I'm kind of the same, but different, and and uh, but but I, so for me, Pentecostalism is is my, what I grew up with, but over the years, I found that sometimes people with Holy Spirit filled Christians can sometimes get imbalanced when it comes to Jesus and the Holy Spirit, because they'll often come and say, "I want a touch of the Holy Spirit." Oh, we, need, we, need, we need God, the Holy Spirit to move this and the Holy Spirit that. And, and, and sometimes I question, and I'm just throwing it out there. And this is confronting for some to hear this because it was confronting as God was speaking to me about this. But sometimes we seek the experience from the Holy Spirit. But if it really is the Holy Spirit speaking through you, then wouldn't the Holy Spirit be promoting Jesus? Wouldn't the Holy Spirit be lifting up Jesus? And so when we say forever Jesus, it's not that we're ignoring the Holy Spirit. It's that we are Holy Spirit full Christians. And when the Holy Spirit flows through us, is a desire to lift up Jesus. Why does the Holy Spirit want to lift up Jesus? Because He is the ultimate matchmaker. Because He understands that the bride of Christ and, the, and, 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 the bride need, need, and Christ need to come together. And He knows the way to salvation is through Jesus and His sacrifice on the cross and His victory in the tomb. And so He's always bringing the church to Jesus. He's always drawing people to Jesus. He's always saying, go to Jesus. He's always promoting Jesus. He's the ultimate matchmaker. And so when we say forever Jesus, it, it means that we are more than ever a Holy Spirit-filled Pentecostal church because that's what the Holy Spirit does. He lifts Jesus up, amen? And sometimes I wonder when we're looking for the goosebumps or looking for the moment or the experience from the Holy Spirit, that's actually a self-centered spirit, not a Holy Spirit-centered spirit. I'll leave that there to linger and think about it. Why do people live their lives to leave a legacy attached to their own name? I'll never know. Why do we do that? Even Jesus focused on the Father. Even the Holy Spirit focused on Jesus. God didn't do it. So just to finish on these things, as you make Jesus your forever anchor, step into these two things to remember. First of all, 
in the tough times, Jesus will be with you forever. No matter what tough times are ahead of you, He'll be with you in the storms. Remember Jesus walking in the water? Remember Jesus sleeping in the boat? He's with them in the storms. Just don't forget the faith lessons you learned in the storms, that's all. He's going to be with you through any lack. Remember the feeding the 5,000? Remember that? When they had lack? What I love about that story is a disciple says, Jesus, there's all these people. You need to, you need to send them home. Have you ever told Jesus what to do? The disciple said, you, you need to do this. I have at times and repented. God, why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you seeing my, my family members saved? Why aren't you fixing up this? Why aren't you doing that? And we start telling Jesus what to do. And Jesus has a whole different perspective. Ends up bringing in the midst of lack. Because there's going to be lack. Times of, even Apostle Paul says, there's times I'm a, I'm a, I've abounded. There's times I've been abased. There's times of lack. In the midst of lack, Jesus is your forever anchor. Amen? Forever anchor because he can bring the 5,000 miracle at any moment he chooses to. Even through death, Jesus is your forever anchor. Remember Stephen, when he was stoned, the first martyr apart from Jesus himself, the first martyr in the, in the church. And as he was being stoned, he saw Jesus and he fell asleep. Stephen found the cure for insomnia. To fall asleep while you're being stoned to death is quite extraordinary, isn't it? I'm tired. Yeah. Back, back. You know, I mean, I mean, that's incredible. That's a miracle. That, that shows the peace of God even in the most horrific circumstance. This thing of death's been taken away. Don't fear death. We have a greater life ahead of us. Amen. And then not just the tough times. I'm going to finish on this. As you follow God's call, Jesus will be with you. So remember, forever Jesus in the tough times, forever Jesus as you follow God's call. He'll be with you at the beginning of God's call. When He called the fishermen, the four fishermen. He said, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. He was there at the beginning. He'll be there as you're being equipped in the call of God. Remember, He sent the 70 out. He sent the 70 out in Luke 10. They were equipped. Interesting thing, He says, go where I'm about to go. He told them to go where He was about to go. He does that to you right now. He says, I want to send you out where I'm about to go. Basically, he was sending out 70 John the Baptists who were preparing the way for the coming of Jesus. And that's what God calls you, a John the Baptist, preparing the way for where he's about to go. So when he says to you, go and talk to the person at work and say, hey, you ever thought of coming to church or how are you going? He's like, I can't do that. I don't want to do that. What you're saying is, I will not prepare a way for you, Jesus. What Jesus is saying, I'm about to meet that person. I'm about to move through them. I'm about to bring them to Christ. And you won't even prepare the way for me? Anyway, it's a whole other sermon. Jesus will be with you as you fulfill the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Go therefore make disciples of all nations. He was there when He did the Great Commission. Jesus was there. And He'll even be with you if you need to repent because you haven't followed the call of God. And we talked about before the Saul when he was on the road to Damascus and Jesus was right there. He repented and he became Paul and he followed God with his whole heart. Sometimes the Saul of our heart needs to go to a Paul level. Hebrews 13 verse 8, remember that first scripture I shared, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Yesterday, what is behind me. Today, where I stand, having done all, stand forever, what is in front of me. 
He is my anchor forever, Jesus. Never forget those signs when you come to church on Sunday, forever, Jesus. Look at them every time you come to church. Remind yourself that He is your anchor, amen. All throughout the week, He is your anchor. Forgive those yesterday who need to be forgiven, yourself included. Don't worry about the anxieties of today. Give them to Jesus and trust God with any tough times and the call of God for your forever. Amen, and let Him be your anchor. Can you close your eyes and bow your heads, church? Lord, we love you in this place. We give you praise and glory for who you are, for what you've done. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed in this place, if you do not know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, and you would like to make a decision for Him, I'm going to give you an opportunity to raise your hand in a moment. And this is just saying, you know what? I'm going to make God my anchor. I'm going to make Jesus. He died on the cross. He rose again from the dead. He paid the price for any wrongdoings that you've ever done in your life. You can wipe the slate clean completely. The Bible calls it being born again. You can start afresh today and find God personally for yourself. If you need to do that or you've walked away from God and you need to recommit your heart to God today, you know God's leading you to do that. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, would you raise your hand and give me a quick wave as I look across today? Thank you for those two hands. Anyone else? That's me. I need to make my life right with God. If you know that you're not right with God and you haven't raised your hand yet, thank you for that. God bless you. All right. We're going to pray in a moment. And for all those and for all those in this room, Christians, every person in this room, we all need to be reminded of Jesus being our yesterday anchor, our today anchor, our forever anchor. We need to continue to encourage each other. I, I urge you to encourage each other all year long on this. This is not just a message for a guest speaker. This is a call from your senior pastor and from your location pastors that you would go forward and be anchored in Jesus. So I'm going to pray a prayer and I'm going to ask everyone to repeat after me. It's going to be a salvation prayer. And then I'm going to pray for you as a church moving forward for 2021. Amen? In a moment. But can we all stand to our feet in this place this morning? And if you keep your eyes closed, and if you, if you could maybe lift your hands or even just open your arms to Jesus and just as a sign of openness or surrender to Him. And, and I, want to, I want you to say these words after me. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I turn away from the things I've done wrong. I repent. I start afresh today. And I receive you into my life as my Lord and Savior. I will follow you for the rest of my life. And I make you my yesterday anchor. I forgive others. I forgive myself. I make you my today anchor. I place all worries and anxieties into your hands and I make you my forever anchor I trust you with any tough times in the future and I trust you with the call of God on my life I love you Jesus and my life will be known as one who is committed to Jesus forever Amen would you give God a hand of praise for that? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, we love you. We give our heart afresh to you today, God. 
We understand that You are our God, that no one compares to You, our great God. And I pray for every person whose heart's open, Father God, to hear the Word of God, that we will leave this place knowing that Jesus is with us. He's made a way for us. He's opened doors for us. We don't fight people. We don't fight even the devil, the things that we've already won. We fight that strong fight of faith, God, that we believe that God is able, that nothing is impossible, that You can do great things. And God, I speak a blessing upon City Church MacArthur. I speak a blessing upon these pastors and people, God. Let this church grow this year, increase this year. We see transformed lives this year, rising up in Jesus' Name. Even right now, many people who are out there, Father God, on the outskirts, God, in the valley of decision, ready to make a decision for Christ. We call them in to the kingdom of heaven and we call them into this house in Jesus' Name. Let them find Christ and let them know the saving grace of Jesus Christ and the power of God to touch their world. In Jesus' name we pray. Bless this church and build your church, we pray. In Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. God bless you. Thank you, team.